said, don't you dare touch that thing during the podcast. It is so Oh, my, my cup? That's why I took a sip before. Your Hi, cup David. Is so loud. Hi. How are you doing? <laughs> You're making fun of my big ass 20 ounce. Maybe it's 30 ounces. It's a Whenever, cup that I try to drink water. Excuse me for hydration. For those hydration. of you know said that well, she... Like we, whenever we do something quiet, she is the person that's making the noise in the audience. So <laughs> Not- it's a good thing you're on stage most of the time because that's where you can make most of the noise. I would be the person in the audience that like phone goes off, I drop a cup, I trip, like one of those. Not that you would be, you are, you yeah, are that those person. Those have all happened to me. So, <laughs> um, I, I'm really loving our new podcast setup. Like I kind of, am like, do we have to go back to normal eventually? Like, well, here's I, the thing. It, it's now like, why do we live in New York city? We can just I, live anywhere I, and, <laughs> and record I'm and do our jobs. living in New York city. Now I'm like, what's I can't do hair. That was the big thing. I mean, why am I not living <laughs> on the beach? Right. So I'm like, maybe I should move back to Florida. Um, I am in the process of actually moving. You are, you're moving too. Well, I'm but moving I'm, to a one bedroom right next door to my current apartment. So yes, I'm upgrading. I, I'm moving to Jersey, which I thought I would never like when you live in New York, you don't move to Jersey unless you want to be made fun of. And now I am <laughs> I'm one of those people. So I'm moving across the bridge um to a four bedroom. I think bedroom you just house. hit your thirties. That's what happened. I turned thirty and I was like, time to like have a yard. And yeah. Josh, my partner, wants a grill. Like that's all. That's the only reason we're moving is so that Josh can have a grill. That's that's the only purpose. I do miss grilling. That's how you know I'm from the South. <laughs> I miss grilling. He's from Texas. Fishing. So <laughs> I love it. Um, so we have a, a couple announcements and then we have a really special guest. I'm really yes. excited to bring them on. But so like most of you know, we were supposed to be on our third North American tour right now, currently. By the way, we say North American because we hit Canada quite often. <laughs> I'm hoping to get like after we can travel again. Like we just need to get. I have some clients in Iceland. Like we just need yeah. to go to Iceland. I and would then like we're to do a Europe. Well, but prior to this all happening, we had some like Europe, Europe connections. So I hope those still exist when we're all done. But exactly, um, I you know we were just like we can't see anybody in person. What are we going to do? We created this awesome class. So. We decided to create a virtual tour, and the first tour date is May thirty first. May thirty first, <laughs> and uh, you'll be teaching the first class, right? I will. Yep, it's an all day course split into two, um, and I'm not going to go into the details. You can go to storythehairdresser.com and look mm-hmm. at all the different ticket options. But it's live, it's interactive, and this is actually global. Anyone yeah. from around the world can join us, and I hope that yeah. they do. However, I will be speaking English only. So if you don't speak English, do not, you won't enjoy the class. It will be very difficult. It's it's really cool because you're actually attending class. Like, like you need to block out your day. Like you will be in class. There'll be a lunch break. It'll be as if um, you were in person. It won't be boring and you don't have to wear pants. So like, (laughs) I think that's a win-win right I might not wear pants. I I think we should actually make it a requirement that you don't wear pants. No pants. (laughs) We'll never know. I love it. Well, let's bring our guest on. Today, we have Tatum Neal with Elevate Hair. Welcome. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. Where are you currently right now? We can see you, but they can hear you. I'm currently in New Orleans, and so you might hear the streetcar roll by uh, occasionally. (laughs) That's fine. It is not that somewhere. 
I knew you were in the South. We were like, I think he's in New Orleans. That's awesome. I love yeah. it. I bet you the weather is so great. It's still cold up here. The dirty South. Yeah. No, look, I lived in New York. I still have a place <laughs> in Brooklyn. Actually, I'm looking for a roommate. So if you guys know anyone. In, in, oh, anybody in Brooklyn. Anybody listening? Anyone listening? That's what's going uh, on. to live uh, in Brooklyn. Yeah. COVID kind of cleared out my apartment complex. Um, <laughs> yes. But, but um, you know, my answer to you guys, as far as why you live in New York, is the ethnic takeout. Let me just go yeah. ahead and say yes. that for most people in America, they are left with or in the world their own cooking and then whatever's in their immediate area yeah so we have I not miss- had yeah we've not had a shortage of delivery no food is just thriving i feel yes. it all over my body so. yeah so be be grateful for that at least that's why uh, that's one of the reasons why i miss new york city is the food uh and i say that as a, a proud new orleanian and, and a ton of bold crawfish right now because it's peak season so, um, um see I we got to stay in new york and just visit the south that's what we have to do yeah, Just I, do, go back I try to forth. do both. I try to mm-hmm. go back. And, yeah. I have we no doubt in, in my mind I'm going to be a snowbird. Well, we were just in New Orleans for the mm-hmm. Left Brain Group event. And we, oh, yeah. well, we go once a year in January. So now we'll have to go twice a year because your event has, you have a, an event called Elevate Hair, correct? Yes. And it, you usually do it in the summer? I well, I do. Well, Elevate Hair tours. It's often. All yeah. over. It's often all over. Yeah. Okay. So explain to yeah. us how this works. Well, Give us so, the birthing story of Elevate Hair. Oh, the birthing story. So <laughs> I, really, you know, I used to work in New York City and I worked with a, um, a, a brand there that um, toured and did shows often um, called Erosio. Mm-hmm. And um, I kind of what came into the hair industry. Um, uh, you know, my family has, the Neil Corporation has been doing hair shows since that's why we're now we're a known entity but because of that so we mm-hmm. were the first people in the country to bring uh tony and guy to the states uh we really oh, wow. believed even though we are in the south we believe that through educating hairdressers technically and business um education that we could change the industry and we could change the uh, perception of hairdressers and we can for lack of a better term elevate mm-hmm. the hair industry by, by, by doing education. Um, in, in, in even technical education above product education, when we brought Tony and Guy down, their, their team didn't have a product line at that time. And so wow. a lot of my dad's, um, you know, colleagues and other distributors thought he was insane. It's like, what are they, they're not selling anything. It's like, <laughs> no, 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 this is about elevating the whole industry so we can charge more so that we can look you know, a parent in the eye at 18 or 19 and say, you know what, I'm not going to do college. I'm going to, I'm going to go to hair school, you know? And, and, and that was really important for him. And so that's kind of the landscape that I was, I was born into. And you were almost on the forefront of, you know, changing it from a product-based industry to elevating it to uh, an artist-based industry, right? Like now it was all very product and now, and you're a service provider. And now our industry has moved into your craft hairdresser. We can charge our worth. We can, you know, charge for our time. Like, and that used to not really be an option, right? No, it just wasn't. It was for high school dropouts, basically, mm-hmm. you know? And so, so that's kind of the landscape that I was birthed into. And then I didn't want to do hair at all. I wanted to go to, I went to college. I went to UNC Chapel Hill. I got my degree in environmental policy and was, uh, you know, interned for the, um, the EPA in, in North Carolina, and then actually landed a job with my family's company and um, in connection with Aveda as like a environmental educator um, for hey, our awesome. salons. And so I'd go around and I would 
be around hairdressers, educating that them on just environmentalism. And in doing so, they just assumed I was a hairdresser. I minored in fine art. I looked like a hairdresser. Uh, and it kind of got to me. And then one day I, I actually got sort of forced into doing hair uh, backstage <laughs> at one of our shows. So I, like the, the person that I was assisting, um, just like, you know, getting coffee and like, you know, background technical stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, next thing you know, I'm doing a pen set um, to rush the model <laughs> on stage. But that really, I was like, you know what? That actually, I kind of into that. You know, I, I think that could be fun. So I referenced that to my family, my stepmother, Deborah Neil Baker, and then my brother, Edwin. And they're like, just go to hair school. And, and they were really <laughs> smart. And they didn't say, you're going to be a hairdresser. Because my, my dad wanted me to be a hairdresser. Like, I never, I never wanted it. And I was like, okay, cool. It's going to be a nice side hustle. I moved to New York. It was important for me to go to a school that we weren't affiliated with, mm-hmm. work for a brand like Erosio that I wasn't had no affiliation. Um, and I just really fell in love with the whole industry. But I, I missed when I came back home to support my family um, about five five years ago. Um, I missed that engagement with the crowd. I missed that education yeah. thing. I, I kind of, I was behind the chair in New York and I was doing that. And now I was just behind the chair and I, I missed that. And so I organized a little kind of gathering of um, my crew at Paris Parker salons in New Orleans to do some education for some, some locals. And then it started to bother me that the salon across the street, I saw them, I saw their clients, but I actually didn't know, I'd never been in their salon. It's like, I could throw a rock at it. Not that I throw rocks <laughs> at the competition. I don't do that. But just you know, metaphorically, I could have thrown a rock at it. So uh, that bothered me. And I thought, well, why not, why don't we just ask them to come and hang out and maybe do some hair with us? And so I think the first time we did elevate hair, it was like six people, you know, it was like right. awesome. in our salon and uh, it was cool. And then at some point, cause I'm a, I'm a DJ and I've been DJing for longer than I've been doing hair. It's like, I'm on my 20th anniversary of being a DJ. Oh, that's awesome. Um, <laughs> Happy anniversary. And, yeah, I know. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a hazy anniversary at the, the right. early stages. So, uh, yeah, I I had a new mix and I was, we were playing background music and educating. And I was like, you know what? There's like 10 people. It's like our second one. It's like 10 people. I'm like, hey, I'm just going to play this new DJ mix. And then when we're done, uh, we'll talk about what we're doing and we'll educate. And I did the best demo of my life. And I've done hundreds of demos before, but that one where I didn't have to say a word, yeah, I could let the music kind of creep in and kind of work with my physical mechanics, right? So the music was sort of stimulating my brain in a way, the work that I was doing, and because I wasn't distracted or encumbered by educating and communicating, um, everything was open. And I was like, damn, that was the best demo I'd ever done. And it, that was like light bulb. Like, let's just for, you know, pardon my friends, let's just shut the fuck up yeah, and do some hair. <laughs> we and welcome your French. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. And so, uh, I hope my mom's not listening. Hi mom. <laughs> um, so that, so that we was hope she is listening. If yeah. she's anything like a Southern mom, like my mom is, she's definitely listening. <laughs> she's always listening and then critical. If I'm interviewing, like, well, why was that person? I'm like, just <laughs> sit back and relax. You know, so, just to give listeners like an inside, like, I want to give them like a, an insider's perspective, like, cause they can't see it or they haven't been to it. Like every Elevate hair event that I've seen, I mean, it is like 
just watching it on video, like you want to be there. Like it's a bunch of artists with these rad signs and they're just hairs going everywhere. And there's this music and lights. And it's just like a crowd of people just watching. And like, if if you remember the core of being an artist, like we're visual learners, right? So like you can watch something and not really have to hear about it. And then to hear about it later, like it's just such a cool concept. Yeah. And so, yeah. So, and so that was the first one. And then and then, um, luckily, my family at Neil, they were looking for some sort of creative stimulation for our network. We sell a beta from, like, Texas, Tennessee, Arkansas, Louisiana, like the South. We mm-hmm. are the dirty South. That is us. Distributors. <laughs> we distribute. Yep, yep. And uh, and so we, we went out. And, and I think it, at first, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go show them things. You know, I'll, I'll assemble a team, and we'll, we'll show the crowd what's cool. And then I kind of readjusted my thinking and I thought, you know what, why don't I, why don't I ask them what is cool instead of me telling them what's cool. And then, so I just asked artists to come on and then the music I thought was important, but it didn't really, I would just use the, the, the DJ, the club Mm -hmm. DJ and it sucked. And so then I'm like, (laughs) damn it, I'm going to have to do hair, MC and DJ this thing. Uh, and a man and of all trades. I had to, cause the, if the music's garbage, that was like killing the vibe. Right. So yeah. I had to kind of jump in. And so those early, those early shows, we were still figuring it out, um, talking, no talking, how we, how we organize it. And then now it's really just evolved to badass DJ, primarily hip hop. If I can do house music, I will. It just depends on the crowd, but more often than not, like back that ass up is going to work more than any <laughs> house song i don't care how badass it's true right and so (laughs) look that song's over 20 years old and it's still it's been in my crate since day one and i still (gasps) drop it almost every single time it'll pro tip you want to be a dj play back that ass up i was running to girl talk (laughs) and that song came on the other day while i was running and i was like into it so yeah it just no one doesn't no one dislikes that song no No. i don't care what age you are i don't care if you never heard it or not it just works got that trap beat which originated from my hometown new orleans and it just just works. So anyway, so I all actually that stuff just I'm out. currently getting a phone call from Neil Corp on my phone right now. Stop. <laughs> Do you know we're talking? I don't know, but I had to decline read the, it. Listen, so just read the work. voicemail text, and, and then I'll and I'll answer the question for you. All right, perfect. I'll wait till uh, they leave one. That's funny. So yeah, so and and so that's what and then so now what it is is that idea of I shouldn't try to like infuse my I shouldn't dictate what is cool. Let me let you tell me what is cool. Now what Elevate really is, is it's a traveling local hair show. Mm-hmm. And each city is its own thing, its own vibe. It's so if I'm in Houston, Denver, LA, <laughs> they're all their own thing. And I've tried to remove myself from any ego around what actually happens and just let whatever happened is going to happen. I just try to, yeah. I just try to provide a platform for artists to express themselves. So, so that's, my ba- that's my basic mission. When someone buys a ticket, they- And it's what free the- usually. Oh, it's free. So it's free. What, what do they like walk us through what they're going to experience when they get to the venue and what happens? Well, I mean, you know, pre-corona, what you would probably walk into is a a crowded, sweaty, punk rock kind of vibe (laughs) venue, you know, because it is free. It It is free. (laughs) Um, You know, and so I have to, I have to do what I can to cut my costs. Right. Um, So it's not like going to be in a bougie spot. And you're going to see passionate artists in their zone, you know, because when you don't have to talk, you actually get into that headspace that is optimal for creativity. 
So from the viewer's perspective, you're seeing something that you can't see mm-hmm. because if I'm teaching you a class, I'm on main stage doing a haircut at like the big trade shows or whatever. You're only getting a taste. You know, I had to pre-cut the hell out of the damn thing. I've got five <laughs> minutes, 10 minutes. I got to talk about it. It's bullshit. It's not, it's not, it's nothing real. It's right? not fun either. Like nobody yeah. wants to watch it. Exactly. Yeah. And so <laughs> what you're seeing is you're seeing an artist unencumbered by any of that mentally they are in the optimal headspace and they are creating. So it's raw art- artistry. It is something that, that only exists in that space and time. You know, how that, that beat drops is going to affect the mind of the hairdresser. And that is going to provoke their hands in a way that can't be duplicated. So you're seeing something raw, unique, and, and, and that can't be replicated in another time or space. So that's, that's what's really cool about it. And then the next iteration, which we, we had to postpone it and move to January, is Elevate Fest. And Elevate Fest, cool. uh, we, we, you know, we did our first one uh, last year, and um, we said I have a little bit of a change in it. Um, but the idea is that I want to bring in, instead of just allowing anyone to get on stage, which Elevate Hair is, it's like anyone can, I don't, like literally if you have a good model and you're in the crowd and you've got your tools and you grab me and say, hey, can I jump on stage? Oh, 99% so cool. chance I'm going to say yes. Wes does hair to that. I don't know if you guys know Wes down in yeah. Houston. We're at a show in Austin and he was in the crowd and he's like, if I can get a model, can I get on stage? I'm like, yes, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the kind of vibe there. That's Elevate Hair. <laughs> Elevate Fest, it's a curated selection of artists. Uh, we had lined up uh, Rebecca Taylor, Confessions of a Hairstylist, from the Barber, John Mosley, uh, Jane cool. Matthews was going to be there. And I can just do the list was crazy. So the idea there was we were going to allow the DJ to be on stage, let the artist get in that optimal headspace, then bring the music down and let them educate from that space. So getting them up there, getting them to where their brain was just like pulsing and then allow them to educate. Um, and th- that we did that last year was really successful. This year was even more better, uh, bigger, bolder, all those things. And so now yeah. we're actually in the process of reimagining what Elevate Hair looks like for the next until we have a vaccine. I don't know that we're going to be able to shove 300 to 500 people shoulder width apart into the sweaty room. <laughs> That's okay. We will it can be live broadcasted as well, right? We're like, going to figure something out. Yeah. Like it's going to be some virtual thing or whatever. And, and now we'll people are going to probably cool. charge more to be in person, right? Like, I, I guarantee yeah. you it's going to be, that's going to be the way of events now is like to be in person, you're going to have to pay more and versus, be less. yeah. And then the live stream is actually like, the general admissions. Yep. That's kind of how I think it's going to be, you know, and I, I, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know that anyone can predict the future. It's hard for no. me to know what's happening tomorrow, but that's where I see it's going. And, and we are right in the midst of sort of increased, like, you know, changing what we do. We're like party and like, we have so many great technical educators and um, I'm an educator too. I mean, before I was doing this, I was teaching people how to cut Bob. So um, we're actually, we're right in the process of, generated content, creating what we're calling Elevate Hair Academy, which our Instagram is live and, and, and a baby. It's a baby little Instagram, but it's there. Um, <laughs> and, you know, we're going to start doing education. And the first thing I'm going to start doing is doing social media education because I built this whole platform from nothing and by followers. Yeah. We're almost at 100,000 followers in about three and a half years of being That's live incredible. on Instagram. And really just doing wild haircuts. It's not like consumer friend. It's not your mom's Instagram page. I'll tell you that much. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so all that was happening. And so I have a wealth of knowledge around social media. Actually, I, that's, I have a side hustle with Aveda um, 
as an educator, I'm the artistic director of social media. So I've been teaching people this physically. We've digitized this. Yeah. I'm on, if I give you a little panorama of my studio right now, I've got like shit all over the walls. We're about to go we live We can with see this it behind month. you. We're going to have to That's show like, this video. I think there's <laughs> something to be saying. Like we push all of our students and all of our artists or their hairdresser followers, like we we build our entire platforms behind the chairs, individual artists, and um, our company in social media or using Instagram only. Yeah. And so, you know, to not have to do paid marketing, to sell out tours, to build students, like all from Instagram. I mean, there's there's proof in the pudding, right? Like, is that the saying? I don't know. But yeah. it's you know, a number. It's the mo- look, I have a quote that I made and I'm quoting myself. <laughs> it's the most dynamic marketing tool ever mm-hmm. created. And it doesn't matter if you are a hairdresser, a landscape architect, a baker, a tattoo artist. If you are a visual artist at all, this is like our moment. This is the platform. Yeah. This is why. I mean, I TikTok, used to get out freaking oh business God. cards. And see, I can't. So TikTok, I'm on. And I tried to do the Drake switch dance with my like little skull <laughs> thing. It didn't really Transitions are hard. Transitions are hard. I, I did a whole thing to me like half a day to do it. It was fun. Uh, <laughs> uh, didn't get much traction. That's okay. But um TikTok, I, I'm a big fan of TikTok. I'm a Gary Vee follower, and, and he sort of got me to jump on the TikTok bandwagon. I think it's really cool, and I think for hair industry, people who are in education, or we have schools, too, that are like cosmetology schools. Dude, 16-year-olds on TikTok in two years are 18-year-olds going to hair school. So yeah. I, think it, I think the smart move for anyone who's doing uh, anything with hairdressers is to pay attention to TikTok, at least. It's at least a good mind, like, suck for a while. I mean, you're, oh, yeah. I it's can't great tell during you. a pandemic if you want to disconnect. Are you doing the, can you do the savage dance? Uh, no, <laughs> I am. I'm not, I'm not on TikTok really that much. I, I got to get used to it. I know he, we're bringing, I'm dragging David with me onto TikTok, but, um, uh, my girlfriend can do the savage dance. I haven't been doing the dances. I've been trying to think from a marketing perspective, like how can I use this to build my brand? Right. And so I've been trying to, <laughs> I've been thinking like that versus getting lost into the, dance. I did do the bright lights dance, but with my dogs. Nice. So, to say. Um, <laughs> well, I think the Tootsie slides a lot easier. And, and I, I kind of <laughs> think that that song was kind of like planned for TikTok actually, which is smart. Uh, greed. <laughs> smart. That's this podcast took a turn. We're like, guys get on pod or get on TikTok. You guys can just edit this out. It's fine. But no, no, never. People will love it. <laughs> so if so, when you you were kind of describing, if someone came to an event, they would come into like a sweaty venue. Yep. And then they're going to hear loud music, like loud hip hop or house, probably hip hop though. Loud hip hop or house. And are you? What are you going to be doing during the event? What are you running around doing everything still, or are you doing? <sighs> you know, hair I've now? I've actually been able to expand a little bit, and I've got some people who um who help me out, um, come with me. And so I try to just be the MC. I have a DJ, this guy named Spice J He's at Spice <laughs> J. He's based out of Nashville. And he's, uh, he's like, I, I bring him along with me too, because he, he's really good at dropping tracks that I won't. Um, like he'll play, uh, Amy Grant, baby, baby. This is like one that he played like last year. And I was like, bro, was what, my are, you jam do- back in the what are you doing over there? <laughs> With that Amy Grant, really? And then I and then I kind of look at the crowd and everyone is like face Feel melting, it. screaming. Girls are like throwing their bras off. It's like crazy. And I'm Over like, Amy Grant, what I love the? It. And so I like to Some bring people him along. listening don't know who Amy Grant is. <laughs> they probably know Baby Baby or like, they do. you know, uh, what's the damn? Uh, Google All that. she wants is another baby. Uh, the 
why I can't kind Ace of Base. Ace of Base. Can we forget yeah. their name? Stuff like <laughs> that, where my like, you know, my masculine DJ side was like, no, I can't play that. And then he'll go, <laughs> he'll go for it. And it works. So I bring him along as much as I can because I, I you know, I, I like, I like where he pushes it. If I can jump on for 30 minutes or an hour, I will. Sometimes I'll open. If I don't have a lot of, it goes like, you know, we start (laughs) like at eight, it can go to like, we start at eight doors open at seven. So DJs like starting at seven doors. I mean, people are in there on eight, eight 30. We're usually going, you know, it depends on the crowd. Like if I have, sometimes I'll 30 people will get a stage and I'm like, okay, that's fine. Let's just allow them. And so if that's the situation, then I'm going to take more of a backseat as far as doing any hair. I'll just DJ, just MC, organize. Um, so you just let network. it just grow into whatever it wants to grow at every event. I don't really, yeah, it's not, it's not my event, it's your event, is how that's I try cool. to think that's, about it. I just, try to, so I just try to make the stage. Here's the stage, how, you guys go. How have you been able to do it for free? Uh, well, my family's been really, you know, great and supporting me, you know, and so they, awesome. they give me a little bit of a budget. And like I said, I just try to keep, keep my budget on the low. Yeah. Um, That's amazing. And, um, and I, you know, moving forward, you know, I kind of imagine this act, I, I, I'm going to crowdsource it. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to do GoFundMe for all the big cities. And then as soon as it hits that mark where I can fly there and get a venue, um, so you're going to do it. So That's your like goal kind of my to- new goal. Are you trying, are you still going to charge for like the fest or what are yeah, you? Yeah, fest I'm going to have to charge because I'm, I'm, I'm paying, I pay all these artists and I fly them mm-hmm. in. So, yeah. And there's an education component to it as well, where, you know, you can, you have, you'll be in a, you know, a classroom with some of these big artists. Um, That's amazing. And so that one is, but look, it's a, you know, education is pretty much a break even proposition uh, mm-hmm. for, and that's kind of how we've always looked at it. It gains attraction. It. it gains, it gains like. You know, no one ever really makes money off a tour. It just brings people to your platform so that you can continue to work with them and help them. And I think that's, that's exactly, I think that, you know, it, and that's how it is. And, and, and I do all the things. So like, if I had to get up there and do hair or, or, or or style models or whatever the hell, you know, I'm going to be in it too. I kind of feel like I'm in there with them. I don't feel like I'm sort of exploiting the hairdresser. I feel like we're working together. And and again, it's just, it's a moment in time for most people. You're doing a haircut. It's like not, it's not a big deal. And so I just Mm -hmm. try to keep it on the DL. And then bars like it because they're, they're, you know, Sunday night. It's a win-win for everybody. Has anything crazy ever happened? At one of well, the events. So yeah. So well, yeah. So uh, yes. <laughs> I would imagine that with with yes. with, sh- with shears and models and music and booze and freedom, like and a lot of freedom, a lot of well, chaos. We, we had the Russians come down, hair fucker. And oh yes, I don't, yes. Have you guys worked or talked to these guys? We wrote. There was an article. One our blogger when we were still pushing the blog heavily did an article um, about them. So that was and cool. they Kate, the article Kate was about how to, they nearly killed their friend. By yeah. ripping off a chunk of their scalp with a <laughs> what was it with like a remember. chainsaw of some sort, yeah. like they're just they're out yeah, of control. I we love, it. We love they're it. They're out, out there, and when I say like when you see them, you kind of I think that their name, of course, is aggressive, and and I think you think that they're just like what like they're just like doing random stuff. They plan and mm-hmm. like think and and it's, it's a, it's a whole thing for them to do, to do a show. And, and so they came to New York, it was during Hairbrain's event, um, uh, the hair video awards. And so Hairbrain's mm-hmm. been, you know, I'm friends with Gerard and Randy and have been forever. And, um, we work t- 
together a lot, you know, I'll, we do, you know, we'll do an elevate, you know, installation or feature inside one of their events. Um, we do it twice a year, once in January in Long Beach, which is why I missed the the thing you guys were at. And then, oh, Bayou, um, yeah, yeah, Bayou St. John. And then, uh, but sorry, Bayou St. John is an area yeah. in Bayou St. John. And so yeah. sometimes that's where it was I, a pun off of that name. <laughs> I, I yeah, which is brilliant. But sometimes I revert to the. <laughs> so um so yeah so we work with them quite a bit and uh we were their hair video awards in new york um we were doing a, an installation an activation i guess right and so hair fucker was going to do it they're they come in from russia i'm getting pizza with them and i'm like well how can i help you know they're using our space to um to you know get ready and everything and they're like we need to go to the sex shop and I immediately <laughs> thought something was lost in translation, that they weren't actually asking me where is a sex shop, but indeed they were. And so I'm like, okay, I just try not to ask questions. It's like, if I don't know, like, I didn't know, officer, I had no idea, you know, like, pleading <laughs> ignorance. So I just say, okay, whatever. And then later that night, I see that they have uh, what appears to be some ethnicity of sex doll in their in their hotel room and i'm like i can't tell it's it's not a white one i don't know what ethnicity the is but it's definitely <laughs> made of plastic it's definitely a blow-up doll with like the oh. big thing right and i'm like <laughs> like and so again i'm just like oh, i wish i didn't see that and like um and then they bring it on stage and so they they do this whole thing and it's actually really clever and it's like their dolls and there's a doll and they're cutting hair and they the thing is there and uh, then that became a whole thing. And so then later in front of the step and repeats, people are taking pictures of the sex doll with them and, and all this thing. And of course there's blowback. Like some people are deeply offended by this. And, you know, it's, oh, you know, I guess I'm like, it's not me. I don't know. Like whatever. So that's, that's one story. Uh, and then for that's the horror great. story that I was going to oh, do that later. I can, no, no, that wasn't a horror story. No, that, that, I can save that for later. I can go now on that one. No, tell us now. I have tell to us now. It now. Now I'm into it. So all kinds of shit goes down. I mean, like <laughs> for Fest last year, I had a model, Alan Ruiz's model, um, who's like our director of- We, love, uh-huh. we love an Alan. We love She's, Alan. She cancels at prep. She's like, oh, I actually have to get on a plane tomorrow. I'm like, you know, like crazy <laughs> shit like that happens. But like the scariest moment, we're in Dallas- and we're at this really cool club that's like a, just a banging club. And, but it's an old, old venue. And they've taken all the electricity and is dedicated for the sound system. And they were like, look, you cannot plug into our electric because... The thing will blow. The whole yeah, thing so, will so, <laughs> so there's no blow dryers and things on stage. I'm like, okay, cool. We got this. We're just going to rent a generator. No big deal. We're in Texas. Generator's no big deal, right? So the generator's there. And my brother Ross is like working on it and it's getting close to eight o'clock. And I had Tristan Morrison in town um, doing hair. I had a bunch of people in town to do hair at the show. Stage is set, crowds there, music's great. And I see my brother and I look at him and he just kind of like looks away and then walks outside. And so I sneak away from the turntables and I got DJing at this point. So I, I'm like stuck, which is the right. downside of DJing is like, you're, I can't, Whatever's happening is happening. And so somehow- <laughs> You're just I, like, watching I, it unfold. I put on the like extra extended like Amy Grant song or whatever the hell. <laughs> and that's playing and I sneak out and I'm like, what's going on? And they can't get the fucking generator to work. Oh no. Um, and it's like Sunday night. So it's not like the techs are readily available. So fine. So then the tech finally comes out there. I peep outside again 
and the tech is sweating. Like he's like, not, he thinks this isn't going to happen. And so all of a sudden it's four minutes after eight. And I'm like, we're not going to have electricity for a hair show. Like, what am I going to, like, what I am I going to tell imagine. my boss? I got to be honest, it's no different than a, than NYC Fashion Week in some of these locations. That's true. They're they're like, yeah. You figure it well, out. At least there's power the there. I have yeah. no, I've, I'm dealing with a freaking generator, like, on a trailer <laughs> hitch outside. <laughs> and then miraculously, they somehow figure it out. And at 8.05, you hear the engine start up. And then oh, the, the blow dryer on stage turns oh, on. Yeah, like, I man, and I'm just like, b- okay, well, here we go. Hair show, no electricity. Let's see how that is. You know, like I, oh, that was that was God. like my scary horse. I have a feeling that you could have spun it though. I feel like you could totally. Like, I don't know. We're yeah. not using electricity. I think you could have been like, Guess it's what? environmental Twist. friendly. Environmental we're not friendly. using electricity. I got to give a shout out to my friend Tristan Morrison. He was like, okay, I'll just deal with it. You know, like, yeah. What else some, can you do? I don't know. I don't know what the people who are styling the hair are going to do. Like, where are they going to plug in their curling irons? It was, it was like a kind of a scary moment. That was That's like hilarious. my, that, that, you know, of course, behind the chair, you have crazy, there's all kinds of crazy moments, but those are the, all, all the ones I could think of that are elevate related. What oh, did you, God. Like when you started Elevate, what was, did you have a goal in mind or did you just want, did you just want to educate? What was the whole purpose of? Yeah. I just wanted to do something fun. I didn't really have a goal. I didn't have a plan. I just thought, Hey, I'm just going to get some cool people doing hair, cool music and see what happens. And you just want to have fun with. That's kind of what you still do. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) so that is it, but I think that it's taken on a bigger mission um, over time. And, you know, when I finished college, my goal was to, you know, I left college and my goal is to create social change through art, music, and fashion. That was like my goal. Um, I didn't know how that was going to happen, but that was just what I would thought that I should be doing. And it didn't seem like that was actually going to come to fruition. But what I discovered is that there's so much, there's so much energy focused on separating and dividing us as a people in general. And I feel like that energy is prevalent also in the hair community. And I wouldn't say that it's intentional, but it, there are divisions, up, you know, across brand affiliation, across salons. Like I said, I didn't go to the salon across the street and talk to them. I mean, they're right there, but I never, you know, so there's all these sort of like walls that we put up um, to divide ourselves. And um, we always say I, competition doesn't exist. Like we created ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, look, there's, you know, how many billions of people on the planet? Everyone has to mm-hmm. hear Like, so there's not that many hairdressers. Can't we figure this out? <laughs> there's so, enough for everybody. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, um, you know, with all these walls, I felt like it was important for me to create a space where there wasn't any type of brand attachment or affiliation so that people could come together and at least for one night just be hairdressers and just do hair. Yeah. And so that, that's really the goal is I want to try to, to create for, I hate this word, create like a safe space for people to come, you know, because if I, you know, like I, you know, I, on my other, my other part of my life, um, I, I have an Aveda salon and we sell Aveda and I like Aveda pays the bills. I love Aveda and I have forever, you know, that's mm-hmm. full disclosure, right? We used but, to work for Aveda. We feel. <laughs> yeah. And so, and so, but as soon as I put Aveda or I put Paul Mitchell or I put R and Co mm-hmm. on the door then everyone who's not a part of that brand doesn't feel comfortable, yeah. right? Because it's not their people. So You're not I a part of that cre- club. Yeah, I wanted to create a new club that just allowed 
anyone and everyone to be there. And, and, and that, that was really the goal is like, let's just create the community because I feel like honestly that hairdressers are some of the most influential people in the world and have probably the strongest potential to create change or the biggest Mm -hmm. potential to create change. I think Ernest Hemingway even said that he thought the hairdresser was the most powerful person in the world. And that is because everyone has to get their hair cut. And so one of the underlying goals for me is to create this community where we can share a message, you know, and let's say we wanted to um, share the message of saving puppies, you know, let's try and do something super neutral. So no one gets offended. Let's save the puppies. (laughs) And that was our message. Well, guess what? We could share that message with the whole world in six to eight weeks. Yeah. Wow. That's huge. What other industry can do that? No. Yeah. We're the only one, but because we are sort of divided by our salons and our our affiliations, we can't realize our full potential because we can't fully come together. And so I just want to create a space where people can come together fully and be in that moment. And then once we have that together, then we can realize our full power. That's my big touchy feely, like out there mission. Do you think that there's like, I've seen that there's a huge division with like, people that have self-taught or been educated in different ways. Some people have assisted most of their career. Some people never assisted. Some are Instagram famous. Some are runway famous. Like that, there's a lot of divide in that too, where you have Mm -hmm. like some of the old school hairdressers that are like, these young kids don't know what they're doing. They're just having too much fun. And then you have people that don't know any fundamentals and they want to just jack up hair. Like I, what is cool about Elevate Hair is it sounds like you're kind of bringing them together mm-hmm. in some sort of way. Yeah, I think that that is kind of part of it. And when we first started, that was actually a challenge because you had people who had that strong technical skill set. And um, if someone didn't really execute at the level they felt was you know equitable uh, in, in technique, discipline, or execution, there was like, kind of like a little hate. And yeah, it's easy to fall into that. I mean, look, I did two years of training. I mean, like education. I did five years yeah. of college. I did a year of cosmetology and then I did two years of intensive training in New York, you know? And so, wow, that's a lot of education. Right. And so it'd be very easy for me to feel. And to be honest, I did kind of feel that way. Sometimes you're like, okay, well, that person's doing this all wrong, you know? And that's why I had to remove myself from the ego around it. Like, it's not my show, it's your show. So if this is what you think is cool, then, then do it. You know, I, I try to, you know, I try to not put people on stage who aren't ready, Yeah, you know, who might be like, oh, I'm just going to jump on stage and they might not be ready. But, you know, we've, we've had students get on and, and we acknowledge them as students. And, and I've kind of, I just try to remove myself from that. I, I, I don't want it to be about me. I really want it to be about whatever community that I'm in. And um, so if some people feel like they're doing better than the other, whatever, you know, like some people don't like hair fucker because it's like, oh, it's whatever. But it, they're... There's room for all of us. Yeah, and I think and that there's need fun. for all of us. Why not? Yeah, why not just enjoy all of it? Yeah, it's supposed to be fun. And so, like, I've done <laughs> weird shit myself. Like, I just I I decided that I was going to do a clipper bob on stage. Never had done that before. I just ran out of time before the show, and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go in there with some clippers and like give her a bob. No big deal. See what right? happens. Man, that was a mistake. I, I went in with the clippers and her hair was so thick. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to do it. I went in and I came out and it, the line wasn't there. It couldn't actually even penetrate in down to the skin. Uh, I looked at my friends who are, who are all like 
you know, like Sasuni technical people. And they just like yeah. looked at me like, now you're fucked. And I'm like, I am <laughs> shit. So like, out. But that's fun. That's a great story. And then the next time I did a clipper cut, it was different and fun. And like, and so, you know, a learning experience. Having clippers on stage, first of all, like how I was trained, I would have lost my job. Having clippers <laughs> in my salon, I would have lost my job. 100%. I'm not joking. I would have lost my job for having that because I was, it was rigorous, technical, Sassoon training. I mean, Nick Rocha yeah. was one of the early, the youngest uh, art directors in Sassoon's history, running the Manchester Salon uh, in, you know, in the 90s. And that was what the training was. It was like Nick, like breathing on my neck. And I'm trying to do a graduated Bob while he's breathing on me. And, and that's what I kind of, that's where I'm from. And so, yeah, it's easy for these old guards any old guards out there listening, it's easy for you to kind of think about how it was and be like these young kids today, they don't know, mm-hmm. you know, but I think that's I, just generation. It, it generation is not just our industry. Yeah. It's not just our industry. It's happening. So, we'll be that way one day. Well, like, industry, yeah. <laughs> and so I think it's easy. I think, I think the, the number one thing people should be looking for is passion and yeah. our artists passionate about what they're doing. And can you lean into that passion and guide them on the path um, that's going to create success for them. And so I just try to look for the passion and, and I try not to care. Shave and you're head, giving everybody <laughs> an opportunity to be, you know, a platform artist, which was, I remember we would, when I was, you know, a young little baby hairdresser to think about being in stage, I had to be affiliated with a product company and to know now that like, that's not the case anymore. You can create your own education or you're giving, you know, just elevate hair is just giving an opportunity to yeah a lot of people that maybe they didn't think that they had the opportunity before, you know, and that's what's so. great about Instagram is you can create your whole world there, you know, mm-hmm. and, yeah. and I'll say this. And if, if anyone takes my class or thinks about it, it's not about being Instagram famous. It's mm-hmm. about actually driving transactions to your chair. And I say this in my classes all the time when my friends in Russia, like my photo feels really good, makes me feel good, strokes my ego, but doesn't like put anything into my bank account. Mm-hmm. And so if you're thinking about how can I use this tool, how can I grow my business through Instagram? Stop worrying about how many followers you have and start worrying about who is following you. Yeah. Right. Can you actually it's like, the can they walk in the door? Can they get a service yeah. with you? That's what's Are they important. buying your classes? Yeah. All right. Don't worry no, about elevate so. hair resharing the, your haircut. Worry about your client resharing your haircut. Right. Yeah, exactly. absolutely. What do you, what do you see the, the future of elevate hair? Like not just because of the current, pandemic that we're in but just what's your plan with it is it to grow it bigger is it to change it i think that yeah i mean everyone wants to grow bigger um you know i see it moving into more of an international space i'm actually you know i there's a quote from darren uh charles darren uh and the survival of fittest and it's not it's often not the strongest or the most intelligent that survive it's the species that's most adaptable to change and so I've kind of like, when this all kind of started coming down, I tried to just embrace it. It's happening. It's not comfortable. How can I evolve? How can I adapt? And, you know, I see us moving into a digital space and then ultimately getting back to being physically connected to people, um, touring more, um, being a bigger brand. And, and, and at some point I would, I would love it if it could like pay my bills that would be awesome uh <laughs> i think that's step two is how can i monetize that's, it without being exploitative and that's yes, that's that the goal sense. how can i, I how can that. i create sustainability within my own brand um so that we're paying the bills and we're still creating a safe space a space where people don't feel you know that they're i want people to feel like they're part of the family and so that's that's my goal is to try to be 
ad free and still successful. And, and so we'll see how that goes. I love that. Well, thank you for doing what you do. And thank you for being yeah. on our podcast today. How can, how can people find you? So just go to elevatehair.com. Uh, we, um, you know, one of the things we've been doing to monetize is create tools. And so I've been making tools, um, just small batch stuff. You know, we made about 50 shears, two different shears that are freaking really good. They're made in Japan at the Hikari plant. So they're like, in which Hikari is my favorite shear. And so these are as close to Cosmos as you can get. Um, and then we've got some cool, you know, we've got t-shirts and stuff like that. So those are all the ways that people can support our brand. Uh, go to elevatehair.com and check us out. And then definitely go to our Instagram page. If you haven't followed us, look, it's not your client's Instagram page. I wouldn't show this to any of your clients. <laughs> this is for you, the hairdresser yeah. to be inspired, to be provoked. Some of the stuff on there is downright dirty and confusing and, and it's, you know, it's not pretty beachy waves. It's, that's it's okay. aggressive stuff, I but go it. check it out. Let it be, let it be controversial. Very oh, cool. That's awesome. Thanks for being with us. We also, we bring Max back at the Max? end to hear what Max learned. Yes. Max, non- you're kind of like our DJ. Yeah. yeah. Go DJ. <laughs> Bringing in the guests. Exactly. Mixing that music in for us. All yeah. Of it. Yeah. I do that. Um, <laughs> What did you do, Tatum? What did you do at Elevate after you messed up uh, that model spot? Yeah, what did you do? <laughs> okay, so like, I need to know. <laughs> this is the same advice that I give everyone before the show because I have people who are seasoned veterans on stage and I have people who it's the first time they've done hair on stage, right? No one knows what the hell is in your mind except for you. So as long as you don't freak out on stage, no one knows what the hell is going on. Mm-hmm. I just <laughs> kept, be on purpose. I just kept digging in until I got a semblance of a line and then like, I put some hairspray in it and made it look even more messy and disheveled and was like, there you go. That's and the then trick. I just got off stage and I just said, okay, I won't do that again. Yeah, so, that's the trick is to just mess it up. No even one more. knows what the hell like is going on. <laughs> and that's what the great thing about not talking is like, you didn't say you were going to do that. So when you don't, it doesn't matter. But I, I just, <laughs> you, you just, you just roll with it and you act like it's no big deal. It's like DJing when I didn't, you know, before computer DJing there, like it's just two turntables and a, and a, and a mixer. <laughs> and so, you know, if I, if you train wrecked, if your things went off, you would just do the like old reggae move of rewinding it <laughs> and then be like, oh, rewind and then start over again. Like, again, no one knows unless you, dec- you know, disclose it. So that, that's the trick. Just, just play it cool. Just play I love it, it. Awesome. That's well, awesome. thank you so much. Yeah. Th- wait, thanks for coming on. And we'll have you on again, like all of our guests, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, and thanks we'll for space to see me. what happens in the future. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, keep ordering good food and thanking me whenever we you will. Like, oh yeah, stuff. I'll send you. I'll send you <laughs> pictures of it. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. All right, Bye. we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Bye, guys. Thank you.